This is Instant Game Reaction, an immediate look back at the Colts' latest game. And trying to make an adjustment on the ball is Michael Pittman. He catches it, and he rumbles across the goal line. Touchdown, a 42-yard strike. Aaron out downfield, down the far sideline, looking for Zay Jones, and it's intercepted by the Colts. He's in! Touchdown, I-N-D-Y! Now, here's your host, J.J. Stankovitz from Colts.com. What's up, everyone? Welcome into another episode of Instant Reaction here on the Colts Audio Network. I'm JJ Stankovitz, joined every week by Colts Ring of Honor member Bill Brooks. Bill, today we're going to break down the Colts' 29-23 overtime loss to the Los Angeles Rams, a thrilling game, one where we saw a lot of promise from Anthony Richardson. Um, but before we get, we begin, Bill, there is some bigger news that came out on Sunday that's way bigger than football. Yes, So we all know Ryan Kelly, his story with his wife, Emma, and their story of loss with uh, their daughter, Mary Kate, who uh, passed away back in 2021. Um, And it's that's a tragic story. They got pregnant with twins this year. And Ryan Kelly, after today's game, he posted on Instagram that. His boys were delivered 27 weeks or or, uh, at 27 weeks, excuse me. So 13 weeks early. And uh, they had to spend three months in the NICU, but not just the NICU. They had to spend three months in the NICU in Nashville, Tennessee, because Ryan and Emma were on a trip to Nashville and Emma went into preterm labor. And this is something, Bill, that, that really struck a chord with me because my boys, my twin boys were born at 32 weeks. And they spent a couple weeks in the NICU themselves. And it's challenging. It's hard. It's so hard to look at your kids while they're hooked up to these machines. And you don't know when they're going to come home. You don't know if they're going to be okay. And for Ryan and Emma Kelly to go through that and to have to go through that in Nashville, where they don't know the doctors at this hospital, um, my heart just goes out to them. And I'm elated to see this post that Ford and Duke, Ryan and Emma Kelly's sons, they came home today. They came home. Yes. I mean, just that that is such incredible news. The moment that you get to bring your kids home from the NICU, it's it's an indescribable feeling because you've gone through something that most people don't understand. Most people don't go through. And it's something that you don't take for granted being able to bring your kids home from the hospital. So I am just overjoyed for the Kellys. This is so much bigger than football, Bill. Um, I know Ryan and Emma are going to be awesome parents to those two boys. And it's uh, it was exciting to see Ryan put that post up. Um, I, I don't care what happened in the Colts game, honestly, <laughs> after seeing that. It was just sort of like there's there are things that are way bigger. And knowing what they went through to get to this point to bring their kids home uh, absolutely tremendous for them. So happy for both of them. I am happy for both of them as well, JJ. Um, I can't say I know what they went through because I didn't, I've never went through anything like that. I know when my daughter was born. I just was happy that she was born and she was healthy and everything was okay. And just, uh, just to bring her home, uh, just normally, um, like everyone, bring, most people bring their child home after the birth, uh, was a thrill for me. And now that the Kelly's you know, um, their 
children being in a NICU and having to go having to go through all that over that time and now finally get to bring them home. I'm sure they're elated and happy. And I'm so happy for them. Um, just all they've been through and now they have their uh the two children home, it it has to be a great feeling for both of them. Yeah. I mean, seeing seeing that photo of Ryan Kelly with his son, you know, doing skin to skin uh with mm-hmm. a you know tube up his son's nose. Like I have the exact same photo of me with one of my kids. And wow. It's, you know, it's, it's incredible um, how strong those little kids are and um, just so, so happy for Ryan and Emma Kelly. I I wanted to start the podcast saying that because again, that is bigger than anything that happened on the field on Sunday at Lucas Oil Stadium. By far. Anyways, Bill, let's, let's get into the action on the field. So a couple places we could start. Um a game that for two and a half quarters looks like it was going to be, oh boy, you know, all Rams Colts didn't really have a whole lot going Uh, Colts battle back from a 23 to nothing deficit that they faced midway through the third quarter. They tie the game. It goes into overtime. I just want to start real quick overtime. The Rams win the toss. They drive downfield and Matthew Stafford finds Puka Nakua for a game ending touchdown on the first drive. Bill, what did you see on that play that led to Nakua coming wide open and being able to waltz into the end zone to end the game? Yeah, basically what I saw in that play was it looked like Kenny and Juju were communicating with one another, trying to get things straightened out in regards to how they're going to play, you know, the receivers out there themselves. And then unfortunately, by the time they got the communication to one another, uh, standing close to each other, the play had begun and, Nakua got wide open and Stafford found him and Nakua just made it into the end zone. So it was a, you know, communication issue between Kenny Moore and and Brent and uh, they couldn't get it straight um, before the ball was snapped. And unfortunately, um, Nakua was wide open and he waltzed into the end zone. Yeah, Nakua, uh, it it looked like both Brent's and Moore went toward Tyler Higby Mm -hmm. on the play. Number 89, I believe, is, uh, is what happened there. Um, whatever it was. Yeah. I mean, obviously miscommunication that led to it. Uh, sorry, not 89, 88 Bryson Hopkins. Um, that's just, you know, Nakua and Puka Nakua that that kid is, he is for real. Um, just an absolute zone beating machine. He finished today with nine catches for 163 yards at that touchdown. Um, you know, disappointing way to end the game, certainly for the Colts, but, Let's talk about some good stuff. Um, Anthony Richardson, when he gets hot, Bill, <laughs> like my goodness. I asked Wesley French after the game, Colts center, uh, like what that offense feels like in those moments. And he said, when we get in that groove, we get in that rhythm, we're unstoppable. So from midway through the third quarter through late in the fourth quarter, the Colts had four possessions. On those, those are drives six to nine of the game. Anthony Richardson went seven to 13 for 153 yards with two touchdowns. He averaged 11.8 yards per attempt. He had a passer rating of 135.6. He also rushed for a touchdown and he threw two two point conversions. Uh, one just through like sheer willpower to Zach Moss and then the other to Michael Pittman Jr. And the Colts tied the game. When you saw the way that the Colts found answers on offense, with 
Anthony and Shane Steichen really getting in that rhythm and in that groove, Bill. What stood out to you about that that stretch for the Colts offense? What stood out for me was how fluid they look. Once they got into a groove and they got into a rhythm, they were moving the ball downfield and they were making plays, passing the ball, running the ball. Zach Moss, you know, he was running the ball. There was a period there where, you know, the Colts were down, but they still were committed to running the ball and they ran the ball with Zach Moss and opening up things. And then when they had to pass the ball, they were getting the ball to the guys to make some plays. So they look very fluid. And then that's the offense, I think, everyone wanted to see and wants to see and was expecting. Um, but, you know, throughout the year, it's going to be up and down. You know, when you have a young quarterback, those things are going to happen. But I like what they were doing. And some of the schemes, I mean, the scheme that they they had and the plays that they called, I mean, the one touchdown that Anthony Richardson had, the they ran it in. And then the next play where they threw, threw the ball to uh, Ogletree was the same pretty much the same formation, almost the same personnel, uh, if I'm not mistaken. And they threw the pass to Ogletree, and Ogletree scores a touchdown. So very creative uh, in regards to what the offense was doing and the offensive coaches, what they did. So it looked real, real good and uh, exciting. I mean, something from an offensive stand, offensive player, former offensive player, I was excited to see that uh, transpire out there and how well they moved the ball and how creative they were on the offensive side of the ball. I thought it was really cool, Bill, to to see in that stretch that I just mentioned that Anthony Richardson, he only took off and ran when they were on the goal line and he ran in for a touchdown. Exactly. This was Anthony Richardson dicing up the Rams defense, playing quarterback with a capital Q. <laughs> Some of the in-rhythm throws that he was making, like that, the, those ones to Ogletree that you mentioned, where he just hits the back of his drop, and the ball's out on an absolute line, giving his his teammate a chance to make a play and, and go get some yards after the catch. The touchdown to Mo Ali Cox that kind of got this thing going, where he escapes pressure to his right. And the throw that he has, like there aren't many quarterbacks in the league who can hit that throw, moving to his right on the run, but throwing it not only on a line, but on a trajectory that led Mo Cox away from the linebacker, Michael Hoyt. So then Mo could go just barge his way into the end zone. Uh, like he, he, he put, he put Russ East on a, on, on a chair on that play. I mean, he ran over him, ran him over, <laughs> but he doesn't, he doesn't make that play bill without an accurate throw, because if that throw is a little bit behind Mo, if he can't catch it in stride, he's getting tackled. And then you're talking about having to run some more plays at the goal line. Maybe you exhaust some of those plays that you use later in the game. Um, it was just a really good quarterbacking performance from Anthony. And I, I don't, I don't care that he completed about 50% of his passes in that stretch. You like you, you're watching that game bill from the stadium. I'm watching the game in the stadium. That looked awesome. It did. And I'm sure when we go back and we watch the film on Monday, that's going to look awesome what Anthony did in that stretch. It did. I mean, he he's a he is a physical specimen. I mean, you know what? There are guys that are draped over him. He kind of breaks tackles and get out of tackles and he still is moving. But the thing that I like is he had his head up the field. He was looking to throw the ball, trying to get the ball into the playmaker's hands and for those guys to make plays. And he was able to get the ball to Moali Cox. Moali Cox took it and used his size and his his physical 
size, I should, I should say, just, just being so physical and so big that he was able to run over the guys and get the ball into the end zone. So, you know, those are great plays by Anthony Richardson and both Mo, and Mo Ali Cox as well. So for those, both of those guys to make those type of plays on that type of play and to get them back going and get them back into the game says a lot that, you know, it. hopefully as the season goes on, these guys will continue to make those plays. And those are the things that, you know, shows everyone, the fans and everyone in the coach organization promise that, you know what, this guy is for real. Also, shout out to Drew Ogletree to get his first career touchdown today yes. after what he's been through last year where it looked like he was going to be a big part of this offense. Then he has the ACL during a joint practice, um, you know, against the Lions. He's out for the season. Great moment for him. Uh, my colleague Raven Moore on Colts.com wrote a really good story, just kind of getting into what this means for, for Drew. Go check that out on Colts.com. But, you know, I, I think, Bill, the Colts obviously don't want to start the game the way that they did. No. Over those first five possessions, they only had 100 yards of total offense. Uh, they only had five first downs. They averaged four yards per play. Anthony was 4-9 for 47 yards. He had to run it a lot in that stretch, eight times for 56 yards, but they weren't really able to get anything going. Richardson lost a fumble. Matt Gay missed a field goal. Uh, and I think everyone after the game, Bill, kind of couched some of the excitement they had about the last part of the game with Anthony Richardson by saying, we also can't do that in the first half. The Rams go up 20 to nothing at halftime. They extend that lead to 23 to nothing midway through the third quarter. And, you know, it, it's on one hand, you're like, yeah, you know, you wish you would have played better early on. But on the other hand, Bill, this is less about Anthony Richardson. This is more about the entire team. Yes. Like I, I brought this up to Zach Moss. I was like, just like, and I was like, this might be a dumb question, but if you guys didn't believe in Shane Steichen and the message that he is sending and the culture that he is building here, I was like, you guys probably would have came back from that. And Something that, that Zach said I thought was really interesting. And he, he talked about how, you know, if we didn't, this is a quote, if we didn't believe, I don't think guys would fight as hard for the name on the front. And him saying that just made me really think, like, this whole team is so behind Shane Steichen that, okay, we're down 23 nothing, It's not looking good. But you know what? Like, one of the pillars that Shane Steichen preaches is relentlessness. Like, until we are, until that whistle hits zero and we physically cannot come back and win, we're going to keep trying to find a way to win the game. And Dio Adangbo talked about this too. He said, like, like, that's different than last year. It's a different kind of fight that this team has in 2023 than they had last year when they went 4 12 and 1. And there are some games, Bill, at the end of last year where the Colts would get down big and they would lose the game by 28. They'd lose the game by, you know, whatever it was. And that's not the case this year with this team. And just baseline, that's encouraging with such a young team that they're going to continue to put up these games where, okay, look, even if you get down by a couple scores, just keep trying stuff. Keep trying to come back into this game and give that effort that Shane Steichen really wants to see out of his team. Yeah, you know, these guys are going to go out there and just compete. They want to compete uh, every time they go out there in a the football field. And when you have a head coach that likes to compete and he wants to compete and win and he's going to do everything he can until that final whistle, the final play to compete and put the team in position to, to hopefully be successful. There's nothing else but the guys 
for the guys to do but compete themselves and they went out there and they did compete and that's what they needed to do they they competed hard they they played hard um you know being down 20 to nothing at halftime and coming out and tying the the game and going into overtime and unfortunately couldn't bring it out i mean pull it out but you know what those guys went out there and played hard and i think one of the things that unfortunately the team you know got down by 20 points was in the first half they had they had mistakes and probably you know some missed opportunities you know the first touchdown that the rams got the ej speed had a penalty on that one that continued to drive and they went down and scored. The, the second drive, Kenny got a another penalty. Kenny Moore got a penalty, and they went out and scored another touchdown. Then there's a turnover by Anthony Richardson, and then they went down and got a field goal. And then um, you know what? They they had a fumble. They created a fumble. Uh, Dio uh, Dio Dangbo created a fumble um, on Kyron Williams, and then they couldn't recover it. And then you know um, L.A. goes down and kicks a field goal. So. You know, they, they give up those plays and, you know, missed an opportunity to recover a fumble. Unfortunately, that, you know, put them back in a hole, so so to speak. And it was hard to come out, but they did continue to fight and they got the, uh, the tie the game up and have a chance to win it in overtime. But unfortunately, couldn't stop the Rams from going down and scoring. Yeah, that that overtime bill, you know, the Colts defense had played so well in the second half, holding the Rams yes. to just three points. Uh but, it, you know, L.A. was able to move the ball on the ground a little bit. Yep. It was only three carries for 15 yards, but those are big. Those are big carries that the uh, the, the Rams are able to get to kind of just keep everything on schedule. And, and they mm-hmm. never really got off schedule to the point where, you know, Matthew Stafford had to force something in. Um, you know, that that part of it, you know, giving up 100 yards to Kyron Williams today, I'm sure when the Colts go back and look at it, they're, um, you know, they're going to be disappointed in in that aspect of it. I, I thought the Rams, by the way, like they had a really good game plan in this game. They did. Uh, you know, I, I think reports of Sean McVay and Matthew Stafford's demise are greatly exaggerated. Yeah. They came out <laughs> and Matthew Stafford looked really good. He was slinging it. His arm strength looked really, really good. They were, you know, hitting some runs where it looked to me and, you know, I need to go back and watch it, but just kind of on first watch that they were kind of taking advantage of how the Colts want to penetrate as a front getting upfield um, really well schemed stuff. And look, sometimes you got to tip your cap to the other team. Sean McVay has been doing this for a little while. And there is a reason bill why he is regarded as one of the best offensive coaches and just one of the best head coaches full stop in the NFL. Yeah, he he is very creative, and you know, you know, they might not have played well earlier in the uh, season, the first couple of games, but they weren't going to stay that way. You know, Sean McVay is going to try to figure out a way to get the team uh, on track and get them back playing the way that he knows they can play. And you know what? And I know they were on the, committed to the to run the ball um, this week, and they did a good job running the ball uh, against the Colts. So give them credit and. You know, Matthew Stafford, you know, there's a reason he won a Super Bowl. He's pretty good. Um, so he made some nice throws out there, and he's another one that likes to compete. He's going to compete. I know he got banged up a little bit, but he didn't go out, came back in, and he competed. And, you know, even though they lost the lead, they still never never gave up. And that's why they went down and scored on that last drive in overtime, uh, that first drive in overtime, and um, the last drive of the game. 
So give them credit. You know, they're, they're a good team. And uh, Matthew Stafford's a, still has some juice left in the tank. So ultimately, the Colts fall in this game 29 to 23. They're two and two on the season. But I come out of this game, Bill, just kind of feeling generally encouraged that like if we're taking a step back, which isn't always easy to do in the immediate aftermath of a game, but taking a step back, like Anthony Richardson looks pretty impressive. Shane Steichen looks pretty impressive as a head coach. And like the the last thing I want to touch on here is you're probably going to see tomorrow people talking about, well, Anthony went 11 to 25. He completed 44% of his passes. Like, how could you say he had a good game? Like, if we're not scouting the box score, Anthony Richardson had a good game. Just turn on the film. Yes, it was rocky to start the game, to say the least. But when he gets going, like I said at the top, Bill, when Anthony Richardson gets going, it's almost like you're watching uh, like like a, a player on varsity play against guys who are in junior varsity. <laughs> like the level of athleticism and execution is just on a different level. And I, I just want to say this too. I was walking out of the stadium today and I saw Mike Chappell, you know, from Fox 59. Mike's been covering the Colts ever since they moved here. He's yes. forgotten more football than I know. And I asked him, I was like, have you ever seen such a good game from a quarterback who went 11 for 25 and he just shook his head and he goes like when he's going when when he's got it the Colts have a chance to win a game every single time and that's it even if he goes 11 to 25 the Colts almost won this game so let's maybe adjust what a good game from a Colts quarterback looks like and say Anthony Richardson had a good game today full stop yeah, I mean, I agree with you, JJ, and and a lot of it has to do with you know what we what we have seen thus far and what we saw today. It gives you a lot of hope um, of what can be and what the Colts can be, especially with Anthony uh, under center, uh, behind center, the things that he can do—not just throwing the ball, but running the ball and 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 having command of the offense and the things that he's doing out there in the offense. So. When you have someone like that, that can a quarterback that can hurt a defense by running the ball or passing the ball and just keeping the defense off balance, you know with someone like Shane Steich and the things that he can do to put the offense in good, good position to be successful out there, it gives you an expectation that, hey, look, you know what? Let's just give it some time. And when you give this, this quarterback and the head coach some time, you're going to see some good things out there in the football field. And we're seeing that already. Some of the things that he's doing out there as far as Anthony Richardson. I mean, the young man is talented. There's no doubt about that. And it's just a matter of time. Give him time and let's watch and see how this young man grows. Because I think we'll all will be happy with uh, the final, the final assessment of Anthony Richardson when it's all said and done. All right. Well, that is going to do it for us here on this episode of instant reaction on the Colts audio network. We are going to have plenty more breaking down the Colts and Rams in week four. That'll be on Colts Roundtable live on Monday. Matt Taylor will host that. He'll be joined by head coach Shane Steichen, as well as Rick Venturi and Joe writes on Tuesday. Another episode of the official Colts podcast is back 
on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts. Also on YouTube as we look at some things to wrap up week four and then maybe start looking ahead a little bit to week five with the Tennessee Titans coming to Luke's Oil Stadium. Wednesday, Inside Football with Rick Venturi. That'll have a breakdown of Colts and Rams and blueprints to beat the Titans in week five. Matt Taylor and the great Rick Venturi on that podcast. On Thursday, Bill, you'll be joined by Casey Vallier and Matt Taylor to preview Colts and Titans. You'll be joined by a TBD player guest on that podcast. And then Bill and I will be back next Sunday night with another episode of Instant Reaction here on the Colts Audio Network. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Instant Reaction. For Bill Brooks, I'm JJ Stankovitz. Talk to you next week after the Colts face the Titans.